you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Well, we're starting a brand new series today. Uh, so whether you're in person or online, we're glad that you're here. And we're going to start this series this summer uh, on parables, the parables of Jesus. Now, before we jump in to Matthew 13, there's two things that I want to accomplish before we, before we really jump into the parables. Uh, these two things will make sure that we're on the same page. These two things will make sure that we, we understand uh, what this is all about. The first thing I want to do is define the word parable. I want to define the word parable. What exactly uh, does that mean? And why did, you know, the second thing is why did Jesus speak in parables? So first, what is a parable? And then second, uh, why did Jesus use them? Well, first of all, let me give you a quick, simple definition of parable. It's an earthly story with a heavenly truth. Now, I'll come back to that in just a moment. But basically, if you think of it this way, uh, it is, it's an earthly story. It's something that people are familiar with, uh, a, a familiar earthly story, but it presents a heavenly truth, something about the kingdom of God. It's going to teach us something about God's kingdom even though he's using terminology of things that we're already familiar with. So let me ask you this. Do you remember in math class, do you remember a word called parabola? You remember that word in parabola? Same word. That's the same word. In fact, here's what it is. If you remember in math class, uh, a parabola was a, a, a plane where basically it had a curve and then it went right back up, and one side did what? Mirrored the other. That was a parabola. So a parabola is one side mirrors the other. That's actually what Jesus is doing. When he shares a parable, he is telling us, I'm going to share a story with you. That's a, it's an earthly story, but at the same time, it's going to mirror a heavenly truth. So that's a parable a parabola, if you will. Same thing. A symmetrical plane curve, one side mirrors the other, and it's an earthly story that mirrors a heavenly truth. Now, the second thing that we need to do is ask the question, why did Jesus teach in parables? Why did he speak in parables? Well, to answer that, we turn to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, if, we, if we go down to verse 10, let's look at Jesus' response. Matthew 13, chapter, uh, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. In fact, if you're following along on our app, and I encourage you to do that through our web app, uh, gracepointlkn.com, go to our website, uh, click on sermon notes. Um, you will be able to follow along, not just with this passage, but you'll see a chiastic structure, which I'll explain in just a moment. But here's what it says, verse 10. The disciples came to Jesus and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away, taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. 
And in them, they, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts in turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, for your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see, did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Now, I mentioned just a moment ago that this passage was a chiastic structure. Now, what do I mean by that? Chiastic structure was very common in the Hebrew uh, literature. One of the things, and we see them throughout the Old Testament. It's interesting here because it is in the New Testament. Matthew's target audience is writing uh, to the Jewish people, so it's no surprise that he would use a Jewish technique in their writing skills. But basically, a chiastic structure is where you begin to see a, a, a verse at the beginning and a verse at the end correspond. And as you work down that verse, uh, they actually correspond with each other. So, like, if you were doing a verse 1 through 10, perhaps verse 1 and verse 10 correspond. Then verse 2 and 9, uh, 3 and 8, 4 and 7 uh, five and six would all correspond. So it would be a chiastic structure where they're working toward the middle. Now, why is that important? Because a chiastic structure in the language is written in such a way that it is trying to point you to the center point of the passage and letting you know this is the answer. This is the focal point of the passage. This is the, this is the middle of the chiastic structure, and it's the, it's the focal point. It's the true answer. So if we understand that, we recognize Matthew's technique of writing is actually a Hebrew technique, then what we understand is that right in the middle is our focus. And it says, they see and hear, but do not have understanding. Now, what exactly were they seeing? What exactly was it that they were hearing? What did they see and not understand? What did they hear and not understand? Well, Jesus' ministry consisted of two major parts. One was his teaching ministry. In fact, the scriptures tell us that he, he basically didn't teach without using parables. Every time he taught, he was going to use a parable. So his teaching ministry was one aspect of his ministry, and he spoke in parables when he taught. The other aspect of his ministry was miracles. Jesus performed miracles. Now, in both of those instances, whether he's speaking in parables and teaching or whether he is performing a miracle, there were people who saw or heard and didn't understand, didn't get what he was doing. People could see the miracle of Jesus, yet they didn't understand the purpose of the miracle. People could hear the parables of Jesus, yet they didn't understand. Even though they heard it, they didn't understand its purpose. Let me give you a couple of quick examples of both miracle and then, and then we'll jump into the parable aspect. The miracle aspect, if we think about Matthew chapter 9, was a paralytic man. And his friends brought him, cut the hole in the ceiling, lowered him just before Jesus. 
Jesus says, but that you may know, Jesus said, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was making a correlation between uh, his authority in heaven and his physical action on earth. Much way his teaching ministry was a parabola, even his miracle ministry uh, was a mirror of his authority and what he can do in heaven. John chapter 9, same thing. What we see is Jesus uh, heals a man that was born blind. But if you read through that passage, one of the fascinating things about reading through that passage is the fact that uh, it's not just the fact that the man was born blind, but that Jesus healed him and the Pharisees remained spiritually blind. So as you're reading through that passage, you see this contrast. You see those that were spiritually blind and those who were uh, physically blind, but those that were physically blind were healed. And they could see and they could understand. In fact, the man that was born blind was like, how is it that I can see and I can understand these things? And you guys are spiritual leaders and you don't even understand this. So it's quite fascinating. In fact, we see it in a lot of different places. We even see it in television. Parallels, if you will. Parables. Uh, we, here, here's what I mean by that. If you think about a really good sitcom, Cheryl and I have had this, uh, this history of watching sitcoms this way. And in fact, I'm going to share it with you, the way that we watch sitcoms. And I want to encourage you uh, to consider this the next time you're watching a sitcom because you'll be going, oh my goodness, I, you know, I may not have realized this before. The first thing that we do is we, we look at the title of the episode. The title of the episode. Maybe you've never done that before, never cared what is the title of the episode. You're just watching you know, an episode of Friends, and, and so what, right? I mean, who cares what the title is? The title is usually get, giving you a clue into where the, where the narrative is going. And in a sitcom, what they will do, have you ever noticed that there's usually two stories going at the same time, and they toggle back and forth between those two, uh, those, those two narratives, right? In a really well-written sitcom, they are both telling the exact same story or addressing the same topic and coming at it from different perspectives and scenarios. And so what you do is when you're watching a, a sitcom, as Cheryl and I do, we try to find what is that common theme that's running from this scene to the next scene and how is it being weaved together. Usually you see those mostly in sitcoms. Every now and then the dramas uh, will have them, but usually a drama has a meta-narrative. That is from episode to episode to episode, a larger theme, and then there's an individual story that they want to accomplish with each episode. Jesus is teaching in a similar way. Jesus is teaching through parables in such a way that he has a large meta-narrative, and that's the gospel. And then he has an earthly story that he is communicating, and it's going to be mirrored with a heavenly truth.